Hello and welcome to Detox for Vibrant Health. This show is all about simple ways to detox your body, mind, and environment so you can reclaim your vibrant health and live the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Jessica Green, board-certified holistic health coach, integrative health practitioner, detox specialist, and sustainable building expert. On this episode of Detox for Vibrant Health, my guest, Esther Loopstra, shares her top tips for reconnecting with your intuition and increasing your flow state for a happier life. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Detox for Vibrant Health podcast. Today, I have with me Esther Loopstra. She's a professional artist, educator, and intuition coach whose work is an extension of her perpetual curiosity. Her art has been shown in galleries, used for print ads, editorials, books, stationery products, textiles, and more. She also has a degree in psychology and obsessively studies neuroscience, the creative process, intuition, mindfulness, and the psychology of flow. Welcome to the podcast, Esther. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on today. I think um, you are just one of my favorite people to talk to. So it's really fun to invite you to my podcast. Oh, that's the same for me. I love, I love talking with you and hearing about all of your knowledge. It's fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, you know, I thought what we do since, um, you know, some of the listeners might not uh, know you very well yet, I'd love to ask you to just start with, um, you know, how, how did you get into this intuition and flow work? You know, you, you started out your career in the arts and, uh, and I know you teach as well. And um, tell us a little bit more about that journey. I think it's something that people would love to hear. Yes, it really has been like a lifelong journey for me. So it's, um, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, I actually started off going to school for psychology when I was young. And um, so I've always sort of had this love of that kind of um, internal work, right. And so I went to then I when I was a little bit older, almost 30, I went back to art school. And so a lot of people think that if you're an artist, that you're just automatically like in the flow, trusting your intuition and all that stuff. Um, but for me, you know, I mean, part of it, it was true, but really I have a very analytical mind and I had um, a lot of trauma and stress growing up and, um, and so I know we're going to just kind of go into that. So I want to put that into, into the factors, right? So um, I think we all, we all develop these sort of coping mechanisms when we're young of how to, um, how to move through life, right? <laughs> and so mine was really using the analytical mind. And so, um, so I really didn't trust my intuition when it came to following like what was next in my life. I really trusted my analytical mind of, or my stress response of um, 
what should I do to make money? Right. So when I went back to school, it was like, okay, I'm going to make money. That's my decision. Like I have to be able to, because I had recently gotten a divorce and changed a lot of things in my life. So I really wanted to support myself. So this was really like this base kind of um, need for survival <laughs> in a way. So, you know, I was really going, okay, so what is the logical, most logical way to do this? And so I went into commercial art and, um, you know, it, 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 it's really, it was really fun for me and enjoyed really creating art and, and making money at it. And so, um, but I kept sort of, my intuition would, would kind of come up and I would sort of push it back down. Right. And, um, and we kind of, we kind of do this throughout our life. Right. With kind of, we, we kind of deny ourselves what we are really, really wanting, right. For the more logical way or for the way that we think that we should be going. So, um, I call it abandoning yourself. So I just kept abandoning myself in ways with whether it be like taking on clients that I didn't really love or getting paid less or taking on jobs that um, weren't fulfilling me or I was treated like crap. So just things I kept like, you know, doing this over, abandoning myself over and over. And so it wasn't until I actually started taking a online intuitive painting class and this is where I started tapping into my intuition um because I had wanted paint for I love painting but my logical mind always kind of got in the way and so when I really started tapping into my body and that's where you know you begin to hear your intuition is in your body and when I started doing that I started seeing oh my goodness like what was coming out was me it was like what I call your authentic expression. And this is what your intuition is always leading you towards is this authentic expression. And that's what we all want, right? We want, we all want to tap in. I think Oprah has a quote like this, like we all want to tap into our self, like our truest self, and then we all want to express that. So that was what I found. So I had been teaching for a long time, teaching college, um, illustration to college students and so I started implementing this <laughs> like I started going because I have such a strong like mind like logical mind that loves learning I went down this rabbit hole of the creative process intuition flow like the study of flow and how this all can help us just live lives and not only create but live lives that are more in sync, like more easy, more fluid, and can create that authentic expression. So I started teaching these little things to my students. I started doing workshops for people to be able to just tap into that. Um, yeah, and so that's kind of, that's just it's just kind of gone on from there of getting more and more into that authentic expression of myself and sort of leaving behind what I thought I should be doing. <laughs> and, and really it's scary, but stepping out into, you know, that unknown of where your intuition is leading. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. And, you know, I, this is so important. It, it sounds like, you know, what you were really experiencing before you were, um, you were abandoning yourself, kind of living uh, from a state of fear, right? Yeah. 
And I think so many of us do that every day. You know, even, even myself, I still see that coming up, living from a state of fear. Okay, what do I need to do? What should I do? What should, should, I, what should yeah. I do? What would be the safest option for me? And that really puts us in, um, and we might not realize this, but living in this state of fear puts a lot of stress on us, right? Because, you know, here you are and you're working with clients that you don't like, or maybe you're working in a toxic environment or, um, you know, you're, you're taking that job because it pays you money and, you know, you get medical insurance, not that these are bad things. But um, I think that when we do that, when we live in this perpetual state of fear, we tend to get, um, you know, just as chronic stress creates um, more and more health impacts on our bodies. And it makes it hard to do things like sleep, or maybe we develop allergies, or maybe we um, you know, get some other chronic conditions. Um, it could go all the way to, you know, autoimmune diseases and cancers, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. this kind of stress and it, it's crazy because a lot of it, you know, it's, it's our, our own doing, right? It's our perception of life. And so, um, yeah, tell us, so going back, you were talking a little bit more about the stress piece. Um, and, at the time, here you are, you're denying or abandoning yourself, um, sort of you're, you're putting a block on intuition, um, you're thinking with your logical mind, tell us a little bit more about what was going on for you there and what you realized. Yeah, it's all tied into, yeah, it's all tied into the, the brain and the body, right? So, um, so my upbringing I had a father who was um high anxiety like very he was abusive and high anxiety so I developed this response of um I had PTSD had really bad PTSD well I shouldn't say really bad because there's, <laughs> there's a range um but to the point where you know I would like be in a hotel sitting under the sink crying because there's like mm. noise outside like cars and stuff um so everything in my life was just this sort of reaction right and so um there was a lot of layers a lot of layers to that and so what happens like one of the main reasons why people can't tap into their intuition is because we can't hear it right because we have this this loop i call it like the mind loop this loop going on in your mind of like this you know fear or you, your your mind's always trying to keep you safe right this is this is um this is the the biological way that we sort of develop so um we still have that that kind of um safety mechanism of our brain's always trying to keep us safe so um, so we have this loop going on. And so most people throughout the day, they're just reacting or this consumed, our brain is filled with this, like, what should I do? You should do the thinking about the future or thinking about the past. Right. So this kind of, and it's, and so these thoughts, 
affect our create emotions in our body and those emotions um, affect our nervous system in the way that our body starts to release these like you know chemicals neurotransmitters that um, create this stress so I would constantly be in the stress mode like if I got an email from a client go into the stress mode right and so my brain was completely wired that way um, and and we all are we all have those those um, neuro pathways that are very deeply embedded and create these emotions create these reactions um, and so for me I I just came to a point where I just couldn't do it anymore I just couldn't live this way and so this was a few years ago and I just I, I had a really amazing therapist and he, he did a lot of, he worked with a lot of trauma, which was what I needed. So he really helped me to um, implement ways that I can move through that trauma and start to reintegrate those beliefs and those things. So um, I do this a lot now with my clients and um, it's just sort of naturally happened with my clients because there are just so many of those blocks. So, you know, the first step is really to create that space, even just a little bit of awareness of space of like, oh, this is a, this is an old neuropathic. This is an old, you know, uh, story that my mind is, is, is playing, right? And just becoming aware, you know, and that just creates space so that we can tap into our, um, to our intuition. So the more that I went through those layers, you know, which um, those blocks, those stories really keep us from hearing our intuition. So the more that I went through that, I mean, it was like pretty much two years of just me on my floor in my studio, just crying and <laughs> going through all the work, you know? Um, but it really is going from those stress hormones to when you begin to have that calm and replace those stress hormones with um, like oxytocin, which is like that bonding hormone, you begin to trust yourself. Like you begin to trust yourself in this kind of calm and then you can trust your intuition. So that's sort of how I don't know if that would answer your question, but yeah. um, it was a lot of, it was a lot of showing up every day um, and just deciding that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to sacrifice my well-being anymore. Yes. Yeah. And I love that. And you touched on a really important point and I wish I just like, I should have like a, <laughs> a whiteboard and some, you know, markers or something to show this, but you had talked about, you know, um, our mind tends to work to protect us, right? So it kind of, lots of fearful thoughts, right? And you talked about our mind being uh, sort of stuck in the future. A lot of times those future thoughts are fearful thoughts, like what if thoughts, right? Yeah. And then, or stuck in the past around regret or something sad, and um, we don't, sometimes we get stuck so much in these future thoughts, so much in these past thoughts that we're not present with ourselves. Yeah. And that is such an important piece to just being happy in general. 
And, um, you know, and I've done some studying on this as well. I've taken a course on happiness and um, what you're saying is just so incredibly spot on. And I want to bring it back to, okay, well, you know, um, you had, you had past trauma, you had some belief systems, some limiting belief systems or old beliefs uh, about yourself that you were working on letting go, right? This is a part of yourself becoming more um, just present, giving yourself some space by letting go some of these limiting beliefs or these thoughts. And to bring it back to what, you know, might be a very common thing, like girls growing up and being told, oh, girls aren't good at math, right? You yeah. know, so then, you know, very simply, oh, well, I'm just not good at math. Oh, numbers, I don't know. You know, we just keep on telling ourselves these old stories, which yeah. might be not true at all, right? We might just not have had a teacher that explained it well. I had a male teacher who I didn't understand a word he was saying. I had yeah. a female teacher teach math to me and all of a sudden everything clicked. It's like, sure, I understand. I had that, that, same, ex I had that same experience. Yeah. And I had teachers, the male teachers who made me cry and just, yeah. And so that's when it happened where I was like, oh yeah, I'm not good at math. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. and yeah. that is such a shaming moment. Right. And those uh -huh. shaming moments really just stick with us and they can be really small or they could be a complete meltdown like that. Right. You know, it's like, oh, tears. Oh, I've had, you know, teachers make me cry. I've had bosses yeah. make me cry. Right. Yeah. And the, the strong, they, this is what we know is that the stronger the emotion, especially the negative emotion, we have a strong negative bias. So mm -hmm. if there's a very strong emotion, it's going to create more of like cement in those neuropathway roads, right? Like the stronger the emotion. And then the, if it's negative emotion, it's even stronger. So like, because your brain wants to avoid pain and wants to keep you safe. It's like, you know, like if it, if it is that negative shame and shame is even worse because we don't want to be shamed. Right. So, um, yeah. So those moments, I mean, those are super powerful, but we can do the same thing and rewire them, um, through practicing, positive emotions and um, envisioning like using visualization or using comfort ways that we can comfort ourselves that we can actually start to like rewire those um, those kind of beliefs you know oh, in that I, same emotional way yeah oh I love that and so this is kind of a nice tipping point into um, what I also wanted to talked with you about and that is um what are your uh, just top tips or steps to getting into more of this intuition and flow state you know we talked about well first you know just creating some space right so you mm -hmm. could let go of some of these limiting beliefs holding you back and also to recognize when you're living in the past or living in this fearful non-existent you know, future, right? Yeah. And both of them are not happening right now, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. what's happening right now and in this moment is so super important to, I think, just getting to that first step of listening to your own intuition 
and then getting into flow state. So I'm so excited about this next piece. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, flow the flow state, like there's been a lot of research around it. And there, there's triggers, you know, that get us into flow. And so I like to talk about living flow like every day, all day, you know, living and that and it really is if you think about flow, um, I think most people know what we're talking about. It's like when you're in this place, you're actually like, it's in this like state of consciousness where you're super productive, you're super in the present moment, right? You're kind of like time sort of disappears. Um, you Things seem easy. Um, and actually like people who are in this state a lot, it's they are the happiest people. There's like, they've done studies on like happiness and like these people who, you know, are in this state are happy um, and satisfied. And um, it really is about being in the present moment. So there's all these like triggers that can get us into that flow state. And um, so, so yeah, I think, and um, what do I want to say about getting into it? So there's a lot of different ways that you can get into it, but I think um, the practicing meditation or something like that, where you can create that space in between those thoughts um, and, and begin to train your brain to um, be in that present moment, right? So it's the sort of state where uh, we sort of have a goal. We, we have a goal. Flow always has a goal. Um, but you aren't hyper-focused and like you aren't like super, super focused in your logical mind on the end goal, right? Right. You are, if you think about when you are in flow, like maybe you're cooking, you're like tapping into your intuition, right? Because you're not in that you're not following that, like, oh, I got to do this perfectly. I got to, you know, measure everything, like having anxiety. So if you're doing that, you're not in flow. But if you were cooking in a way that's like very intuitive and you're just, um, your intuition is kind of allowing you to pivot, like maybe throw these spices in, throw these spices in. So it doesn't have to be meditation, right? But meditation is the most proven best way, one of the most proven best ways to create that sort of focus right? Um, and train our brain to get into that focus, into that present moment. Um, but it could be cooking, right? It could be like, okay, I'm going to be in the present moment cooking and tapping into my intuition in that way. So, um, so the, you know, one of the main reasons why we can't hear our intuition is because of that mind loop. So just finding a, a way that works for you that you can begin to create that space and be in the present moment. And I could um, totally relate to this too. I noticed, and I've been off my meditation game for a little while, but um, I noticed that uh, when I meditate consistently, even if it's just five or 10 minutes a day, yeah. I, can, I can quiet down that brain. I'm not thinking about the next 10 steps I need to get through the next hour in order to get, you know, my daughter dressed and out for school. I don't, you know, I don't, think about those things. I give myself just a little bit of a break. And the more I do it, the more I catch myself when I get ahead of myself, right? I start yeah. thinking about the future and it's not a fearful thing necessarily, but you know, it could be really um, unsettling 
to, and, and you use the cooking analogy, right? It's like, oh, I have to follow directions. I have to measure this out and then this out. And what did it say about the order yeah. of things that I'm going to do? Whereas, um, you know, just being present in the moment and adding things that just, yeah, this is, this makes sense. I'll do this and I'll add this in and then I'll cook. Ah, yeah, I don't need to read anything and follow directions and plan three <laughs> or four or five steps ahead. Right. And it's so much more fun, you know, yes. it's so much more fun. And it really is that trusting yourself, you know, it's all about trusting yourself. And at first it takes some practice, you know, when you're learning something, um, you kind of have to learn the rules and stuff, you know, along the way, but, um, but can you learn the rules in a way that's like playful and accepting of accidents and, you know, so maybe you're cooking a recipe for the first time, um, instead of being like, oh my gosh, this is going to fail. I don't know what what's going to happen. And everybody just, you know, bringing that compassion in and being like, oh, this is fun. I'm like in the present moment and I'm learning a new recipe and look at me, I'm doing something for myself and my family. Right. It's like, and, and then we become like really present to our family and our friends too. Like when we're in that present moment, you know, um, I like to use the analogy of like, you know, how we in schools, we're so obsessed with test scores and like really focused on the test scores. And so if you don't get the, you know, and there's all this pressure to get for, on teachers to get the test scores, but what does that do? It takes the focus away from your classroom for each individual person. You're not, the teacher isn't going to be available for what does this person need? What does this person and be in the present moment? They're going to be focused on what, you know, <laughs> what they're supposed to be doing. So during this COVID time, you know, it's a lot of us are being, having to be like, oh yeah, we actually have to reprioritize and focus on those students individually and what their needs are, you know, focus on our individual family members and what their needs are. So yeah, it's just interesting how you know, it just, it makes us more available. We, we don't think that it, you know, we're so, in our culture, we're so end focused on the product. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but I just have oh. to point out, you pointed out such an, another awesome point about um, learning, right? You know, you talk about the test scores, that is, you know, then you're just, that's the external motivator is to get good test scores. And it starts to take away that intrinsic motivation and the joy of learning, which um, ties so nicely into this, this whole flow thing, right? You take it even to work. What if your motivation is just extrinsic, right? What if it's all about, um, you know, getting that next sale or getting that promotion or, you know, really focus on these sort of external pieces. Whereas, you know, when you're in your work and you're enjoying it just for the joy of work, you're cooking just for the joy of cooking, or you're being more present with your four-year-old who's helping you to make, you know, turkey meatballs, you know, yeah, yeah, that that is a little bit you're definitely in the present and you're just doing it for the joy of it and not thinking about oh, I have to get dinner on the table by 630. Right? Yeah, and that's where the happiness and the journey comes in. So when they studied um, 
flow, those people who are the most happy, even if they had the same factory job that everybody else had and everybody else was like miserable, they found a way, the people who were in flow all the time found a way to make it fun in the present moment, right? And um, and so like, you know, be, I, yeah, so we've been taught, you know, we've, it's like shifting your mindset, right? So we've been taught that um, motivation comes from external, like our parents are like, well, you know, you're not going to like everything you do. So you might as well just do it, just do it, just, you know, and your, and your, your teacher's like, well, you got to get good grades, just, just do it, you know, just learn this and, and force yourself, right, for forcing yourself. So this mentality of like beating ourselves up. And I mean, I, I'm like, seeing it so much in my mentees and like people that I work with, it's just this constant berating ourselves, right? Of like, oh, well, I didn't do the work, you know? And so like, where's my motivation coming from? But Stephen Kotler, who studied flow, he talks about flow being the motivation and that coming from your passion and from what, what you're curious about. And, um, you know, and so, so take, so I'm, I'm working with my clients to shift from this external voice, trying to motivate it, which doesn't work very well, honestly, <laughs> this ex external, like hustle, push yourself, do, 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 which causes stress and all that burnout and all that stuff to internal motivation. And a lot of people are like, you know, I don't believe in motivation. You just have to get out and do it. That's an old way of thinking. And, you know, we're shifting, right? I hope we're shifting to this idea that we all have this internal motivation of um, how do I want to express myself? You know, I have this autonomy, like my motivation comes from that, like, how do I want to feel every day, right? How, I have this factory job. Well, how do I want to feel? I want it to feel fun and I want it to feel like, like an adventure. So I'm going to like, make all these kind of challenges for myself and you know it's like how do I want to feel each day like that in creating goals and creating like your life that's that's that motivation like where that motivation comes from you know and so we it keeps us in that present moment um like enjoying that moment you know yes that, oh, I love that. I love so much of that. So, okay, just to um, go back. So we have uh, one tip is um, uh, meditation or something that feels like a, a bit of flow or um, just kind of retraining your brain, right? Do yeah, making space. Making space. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks for bringing us back. I know we can't that off. Um, <laughs> Um, so another tip is another reason why we can't hear our intuition is that we can't really recognize it. Right. Um, so we're not used to it. We're not really taught that we can trust ourselves, <laughs> Right. So that right. we're taught that we have to trust whatever somebody else tells us if the teacher, our parent, and then ourselves or, you know, our analytical brain. So, um, we so we can't recognize it so what does it sound like what does it feel like so in your body your intuition talks to you through your body right so going back and thinking about okay 
when did I feel my intuition before? Was it, and a lot of us can think of like the big times, like when you're in a bad relationship and <laughs> you know, your intuition was like, okay, come on, come on, come on. And finally something bad happened. And then, so, you know, you can think about those times. Where did you feel that sense in your body? Um, and, and so our emotion, our intuition is not an emotion. It's a knowing, right? So we can feel it a lot of times in our gut, you know, in our heart, the more like expansive, in a more expansive, like growth way in our heart. Um, a lot of times our gut is sort of like a move forward, do this or don't do this kind of like really base. It's, it's different than instinct, but some people call it instinct. I can talk about that, but um, so yeah. So going back and validating it, right. And you can even keep a list like when you start to really get more connected to your intuition and start following those nudges. So our intuition will give us little nudges, right? And they can, they can kind of, so how do you sense that in your body? Um, for me, it's sort of like this heat in my stomach. Sometimes if it's like really strong, it'll go like up through the top of my head, um, you know, and then you know, just kind of, you can just do like some writing around what, what did that feel like? What did, and then listen to the more subtle, subtle ways that it communicates with you. You know, um, like I was just talking about how my intuition was nudging me to do another, um, kind of morning routine, a different morning routine. Hmm. So it felt, it feels like, um, sort of a boredom, <laughs> <laughs> right with my old routine so it does it yeah. can feel like excitement like if you want to do something or something is catching your attention it can feel like excitement um it, but it can also feel like you know hmm, I want something more or you know there's something that that my intuition is moving me towards and really validating that so when we begin to validate it um, that begins to some, tell our logical brain, uh, I can trust this. I can trust myself. So if you have, I like to tell people to take like a morning and don't put, have anything on the calendar, you know, get, send the kids off with your partner and <laughs> just have like a morning to yourself. It could be any time of day, but morning's good. And then just like wake up and say like, okay, intuition, what should I do today? What do I want to do? And maybe it's have a coffee or something like that. And then do that thing. See how you feel. Take note. Okay, I followed my intuition. How do I feel after that? You know, do I feel really amazing? Okay, then intuition, like what should I do next? What do I want to do? You could even ask your intuition, like what should I wear? Or something like that, like. You know, um, but maybe it's like taking a walk or so just kind of following your intuition, taking note, you can keep notes in your phone of like, oh, I followed my intuition. I took a walk and then I found like this free book that was like exactly what I was, you know, looking for. And um, so do practicing validating and feeling it in your body. I should say sensing it in your body of like, what is that knowing set, you know, how do we sense that in our body? Um, 
I love that. And I can relate to that. You mentioned, you know, sometimes I feel flow as um, that sort of outward expansion from the heart that you were mm -hmm. mentioning. And when I get in those moments, things just happen. That feels so good. And when I'm not in that state, when I'm feeling like, and, and this could also be just some amount of resistance, I tend to feel it um, kind of like not at my gut, I feel sort of like in my sternum, kind of jabbing mm -hmm. a little bit. It's like, it feels like a heavy knot, you know? Yeah. It's really interesting to physically sense this. Now, I haven't tried asking my intuition what I feel like today. I love that. I love that as, a, as another fabulous tip. Yeah, and if it's too difficult, um, you know, also doing something like yoga. I love doing, you know, in, in cooking, uh, practicing, like when we're in yoga, doing yoga or any physical, I like yoga, especially because you become, it's all about awareness. Yeah. So really asking your body, because your body knows, right? Your body knows and your body knows what you need. So asking your body, do I need to hold this pose? Do I need to push myself a little bit more in this pose? Or do I need to rest? Right. And so what does that feel like to you? What does that kind of inner knowing feel like? Your mind might say, oh, I've got to push myself because all these other people in the class are doing this. You know, your mind is like somewhere, your mind always, your mind is always like thinking you should be like way ahead or like being very like giving, giving up or like not wanting, being lazy. You know, it's like either one extreme, right? But, but your body knows really like, and same with cooking, it's like, okay, like, can I, I like to do this little trick where it's like, okay, I put the cookies in and then I don't put the timer on or anything. And I just am like, all of a sudden my intuition will be like, oh, they're done. And I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> so then most of the time when I go there, they're done, you know? And if I ignore that, they're too, they're too overdone. <laughs> so it's funny, it's funny, just play around with it, you know? Um, I also like to write to my intuition. This is kind of a more advanced thing, but you can, in the morning, I like to just like, after I meditate, just ask my intuition a question and just write, um, see what, what's the first thing that comes to your, to your mind, you know, um, really connecting to that place where you usually feel your intuition and you can kind of go in and ask from that place. It takes a bit of it a while to kind of, move past the mind, but that's another fun way. Mm, I love it. Okay, so we've created space. We start to feel, feel it and track it possibly if we can, right? Mm -hmm. Feel that and feel like how it feels in our body. Does it feel like, you know, that opening? Does it feel, you describe sort of this more upward m motion. Um, can you actually, um, Let's go back to that just before we get to the ask it piece. Um, so say, you know, you might feel excitement. I think sometimes we feel excitement in a similar way that we feel um, like maybe anxious or mm. apprehensive about something. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how do we, how do we distinguish between that 
oh my gosh, I've got so much to do. I've got so much to do. But, you know, I asked for that stuff to do, right? But is it like, oh, I'm excited about this or I'm, I'm, or am I just feeling anxious about it? Like, yeah, what's the difference? Yeah, that's so, it's uh, a really good distinction, right? Um, and again, going back to, to the idea that um, saying that you're excited is a bit, uh, and that it's part of the intuition is a bit misleading because the intuition is not an emotion, right? So, so the, there, it's, it's really subtle. So it becomes this kind of relationship where it's a sort of a language, right? So you have to really begin to delve into the subtlety of it. So you're, a lot of times your intuition is sort of this knowing, so it'll, it'll, it's much more quiet, right? Than, um, than these emotions. So, um, like for instance, the excitement, right? I had this instance where I had this idea for this workshop and somebody came across my path where, um, he wanted to do this workshop with me. And so it was sort of this excitement, right? Of like, oh my goodness, ah, this is perfect, right? It seemed like the perfect match. And that excitement, it was telling, so our emotions, so here's the distinction. Our emotions are always telling, leading us, uh, telling us something, right? It's, they're always telling us um, where to pay attention, whether it's a negative emotion leading us to our, um, to removing blocks, right? Mm -hmm. Or whether it's an um, it's ex excitement showing us something, right? Like what we're excited about, what we're interested in, right? And so our emotions are sort of always like trying to show us something or trying to show us where to have compassion for ourselves. And so, so I was very excited about this and it was really showing me like, okay, this is something that I wanna do, right? Um, but deeper down, <laughs> every time I met with this person, I would get this very unsettling feeling in my stomach mm. and I pushed it down and I pushed it down and I pushed it down. That was by the way, the last time I ever really did that. I think I'm a big, big thing because it turned out so, you know, it ends up turning out kind of badly when we kind of, so there's another layer, right? So there's the emotional layer, yeah, which is great. Like our emotions are great. They're always showing us, showing us um, where we should be paying attention. Um, and so, yeah, so there's that excitement layer, which a lot of, and I talk about um, having our, in you know, my business, mentorship, having our intuition be our CEO, right? So our intuition, we're used to having our brain. So we have, we have this excitement and our brain can get excited about something, you know, and it's like, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, but deeper down, we have to check with our CEO and be like, okay, is this a part of the plan right now? And our CEO might be like, oh, not right now, but you know, you're on the right path. So our brain is like the, um, the manager, right? And so I can check in with our CEO and be like, is this a part of the plan? And the CEO is like, uh, just wait on that. Or no, it's not, you know, it's not the right, you're on the right track, but you know, so 
Does that make sense? Um, that is such a great analogy. Thank you for that. Yes, it makes so much sense because, and I love, I love being able to um, separate them out a little bit. And with your example too of, oh yes, you were really excited about this, you know, joint workshop idea. Um, but then feeling that deep down, oh no, this isn't quite right right now or for me. And how did that turn out? How, how did you feel after um, well, releasing that? Well, it's interesting. Okay, so what happens when, it, it's very interesting to observe um, what happens in your life after you, it's sort of like life, I don't know how this happens, but it's sort of like life gives you these opportunities or like tests in a way of, to step into your self-worth. So as soon as I did that, and I was like, so when you, be, you, you'll notice this after you like follow your intuition, which you've been resisting. So um, if you step into your job that you've been resisting, like the next job or taking a leap into the next thing, um, when you do that, you kind of are stepping into your self-worth, right? You're saying, okay, I have these boundaries. I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to abandon myself anymore, but I'm going to step into something. And then life will sort of give you like a lot more encouragement after that. And sort of like good things will start happening once you step into your worth. Have you noticed that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've noticed that even with a simple saying yes to something that was, yeah. you know, well, it's not my business, but I could say yes. And I feel like, yeah, I'm going to say yes to this because it came. And then all of a sudden, another thing came and another mm -hmm. thing came. And it's like, yeah, things are flowing. And it's yeah. just, yeah, listening and, and then things happen. Kind of like that example with your air purifier, you hesitated yeah. one day <laughs> and then got a two for one on the air purifier, which was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So after I did that, all these amazing things started happening. I actually like well, I, I actually told him, like, I don't want to, I don't want to have this, you know, relationship. That was, it was like a, you know, partnership with a workshop. And, um, and a lot of times it'll be like a real, you know, there'll be a little bit of pushback, you know, when you mm -hmm. start doing that, I'm like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you really sure? <laughs> and then once you do it, so once I kind of stepped in after it, everything started flowing for my business after the, it was like the last hurrah of like me going um no I'm not doing this anymore because it really felt like an old thing it felt like an old pattern um in this like weirdly abusive way it was like this weirdly stuff in my past and I was just like no hell no 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 I'm not doing this anymore <laughs> no and so stepping into like when you leave an abusive relationship or when you leave like a job that's not serving you it's like the universe is kind of like gives you all these confirmations and support, you know, yeah. once you finally do it. So yeah, that's cool that you experience that too. It's like, I, I've talked to a lot of people that have, have experienced that. It's really yeah. And I, I bet that uh, some of the people listening, uh, probably everyone who's listening now can pinpoint an example of when that happened in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love so that. It helps you to um, begin to trust that, you know, if you can really acknowledge it. And, and then I just started saying, like, I'm just going to do this from now on. Like, I'm just going to trust 
that voice, you know, that nudge from now on. I'm not going to do anything else. It was like an experiment for me. So that's so wonderful. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so we, we feel it in our bodies and then we um, listen to it and we could also ask it. You had mentioned a couple of ways of asking like yoga, you gave us an example of, you know, asking your body what it needs and then responding to that. I think that's very yogic um, in terms of the yogic philosophy, right? Asking your body what it needs. And then um, I loved your example of writing to your intuition in the morning, just asking a question is this something that you do every day or is it something that you just do when you have like maybe um, a big day or a big question in your mind, like something really important? I mean, did you ask your intuition at that time, you know, um, when you were saying no to this person, did you write that down or um, would you have it something as small as, do I want to purchase this air filter right now? You know? Yeah. All of those things. Yeah. And keep in mind, keep in mind that the bigger, where we have the the most blocks in our mind and our beliefs is where we can't hear the intuition the most. So Mm -hmm. if I was asking, I don't, I'm sure I did ask about that guy, um, but I was just starting to ask those questions at that time. And so I probably couldn't hear, um, very clearly because that was a really big block in my life. Like I really wanted to, we have sort of these attachments, right? Like I, I, I really, it's like blocks or attachments can keep us from hearing that. So I had this attachment to that, to doing this thing. And so I couldn't hear that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, yeah, so I'll, I'll ask, I kind of have kind of transitioned more from the asking the question right now to more of like a stream of consciousness, just writing from my intuition. Um, and it'll sort of like tell me what I need at the, that day. But I ask uh, for everything almost um, what I should do pretty much. Like I've, I'm getting better and better at just kind of, and that it, it kind of trans- transitions into instead of writing Mm-hmm. um the question into just more of like tuning into your body and asking sort of like you know okay what's next or you know kind of getting really in tuned and so that is so so that writing or checking in or doing the yoga that's what I call um, um an active a- active question mm-hmm. for your intuition um a passive question is when you know, I think a lot of people were so focused on like getting the answers right now that we're focused on that kind of question asking, but a lot of times our intuition talks to us when we're in that flow state, hmm. when we're in like a slower brainwave state, like when you're in the shower or when you're cooking or when you're driving. So I like to give people um, what I call curiosity questions, um, which is, you know, asking like, which, what is the next step? What's the next best step I can take in my business? You know? Um, and then just, you could write it down, you know, or you could just keep it in your mind. And then when you're driving, you could open your mind up to, it's sort of like this open mode. Um, it's this brainwave state where we're having a more cohesive access to our brain like we're accessing more parts of our brain that's why you get those aha moments in the shower um 
because you're, you know, you're not just in this like brainwave state of, of that mind loop. Nothing can come, those, those aha moments can't really come in when you're in that loop, right? So, right. so getting into like just practicing creating that space and then um, letting those ideas come. So that's another great way of asking the question. I think it's a bit okay. easier, a bit easier than, um, and then the last way that I like to talk about is um, just doing it. Like if you're, I mean, all of us have these questions all day, every day, right? Of um, what should I do about this? What should I do about, that's why our brain is going, what should I do about this? What should I make, should I break for dinner? What should I, should I buy this car? Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> So if you're like trying to tap in and you don't know, you know, we can start to remove the blocks that are in the way. We can really examine those blocks. That's another part of my process that I teach people. But if you still don't know, then just do it. We don't want to be like navel gazing a million hours a day, just like, oh, intuition, what should I do? And, you know, like, <laughs> like we don't want to be in that place, right? Because procrastination, like, we just won't do anything. Um, right. And there's no mistakes with intuition. So just do the thing, you know? I just did... I just did that workshop with that guy. And guess what? I found out that I never, ever, ever want to do what is against my intuition. And again, like I just found out that I don't want to do it. Right. And so wherever you're at, your intuition can bring you back to our intuition is like a GPS. It always brings us back to our authentic expression and our authentic self, our, our authentic path. So it, there's no mistakes in life. <laughs> it doesn't matter how old you are. It's amazing to me. Like I can just ignore my intuition all day long, all year, whatever. And it'll always be like, okay. Oh, so you're ready. Okay, cool. Let, let me talk to you about this, you know, and let's, let's go. There's no, there's no um, shame or there's no like right or wrong. You know, it just, it's just, just brings you back. And that's why it's like, whenever you're ready for it, it's there, you know, and we're all at different stages, you know? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Wow. There's so much goodness here. I'm so <laughs> excited. I've just taken a couple of pages of notes and I can't I see wait. you there. I know, I know. I want to make sure I lay it all out. I'm like, yes. Yeah. And then I'll do this and then I'll do that. <laughs> Well, take my, take my intuition course. It'll be, it'll be uh, full of that stuff whenever I teach that next. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. And speaking of which, so those of you listening, I'm sure you'd like to know a little bit more about how to work with Esther. And so Esther, why don't you share a little bit about how you work with people? Yeah, I'd love to. So I have a, um, I have one-on-one -on -one sessions where I coach people to really tap into your intuition. And so the first one is a 60 minute session. And I, I work with um, people who are artists or who want to be more creative or maybe stuck in a creative project. So that is something where um, we really tap into your intuition. And I really have helped a lot of people move through blocks where, and we're all creative, right? So it doesn't matter. We all 
have this authentic expression. It doesn't matter if you think you're an artist or whatever, but that's kind of my specialty. I have a background in, you know, a lot of years of helping people move into their art careers and stuff like that. So whatever next step that you're moving into, we can unblock and work through some of that stuff. My um, 90 minute session is an intuition session where we actually um, move into that intuitive place in, um, in, in getting in touch with your authentic self and um, asking your intuition questions. So wherever, you know, all of those questions of, you know, what should I do? All of those big questions of like, what should I do about this? I don't know, like I feel stuck. Um, what should I do here? You know, you don't have to torture yourself with this mind loop, right? So it really, we really go down. We talk about what you're struggling with, um, what you need clarity on. And then we go down and we ask your intuition. And it really is amazing to, we all have this kind of deeper authentic self within us, that intuition. And so it's really just sort of like introducing you to that person and um, asking them questions. And it's amazing, like the intu intuition will, <laughs> with my clients will give you like a plan, like a, like a plan on work, what to work on next, you know, and what to focus on. In, and so it really creates this distinction between the mind and try to, trying to figure everything out, um, which I've tried to kind of get that out of my vocabulary. Instead, allowing, just allowing yourself to move to the next uh, level, to the next, whatever your intuition is calling you. So whenever you have that sense of like frustration or, um, you know, I know I feel like I should be doing something or like I feel like something's calling me, but you're kind of pushing against it. Um, that's a great time to do one of these sessions uh, because that's your, actually your intuition calling you to the next thing because we're always like growing, you know. Um, and then I'm excited because I'm going to be doing a couple workshops at the end of the year in December. Well, we're pretty much at the end of the year. <laughs> but um, all about how to create intuitive goals. And I'm working with Kira Co, who I've done some workshops with before. And we're going to be, you know, talking about a lot of us create goals from a place of shoulds mm -hmm. or a place where, and it can be really frustrating, right? So I went through this myself and like, I was like kind of a goal-aholic. <laughs> I would create all these like random goals. And I think, and, and you know, they never really, they never worked out in the way that I wanted it to. I didn't feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really creating goals from a place of uh, your deeper authentic self, your deeper, your intuitive self, um, what you really want, um, what you really desire, and who you really are. And I think that a lot of us during this 2020 have shifted, right? Yeah. And we kind of realized what's important you know, and we are tired of abandoning ourselves, right? So it's kind of given us a break from that mind loop in a way um, and really brought us back to our authentic, that little nudge of wanting to come back to our authentic self. And so I think it's gonna be really good for people as we're shifting into 2021 to really think about, um, 
you know, how can I create goals that are more sustainable, that are more true to me and to what I want now um, from a deeper place, Hmm. you know, instead of this like product commercialized, you know, outside. Right. I want the big house with the car, (laughs) this wardrobe with the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's like going deeper to like, you know, how do I want to feel? How do I actually want to feel every day um, and create a life that has changed my, it's going to be loosely based on um, the desire map by Daniel Laporte. So yeah, that really changed my life, that book. Um, Yeah. And I think that's it for now. Next year, I'm going to be doing more of those individual workshops, like, um, intuition workshop and things like that and hopefully get all those things set up and yeah and so you can sign up for my newsletter or follow me on instagram and i'll just keep you informed on all that stuff and i'll include all of that in the show notes uh and for those of you listening uh on the go um her instagram is esther loopstra art so e-s-t-h-e-r-l-o-o-p S T R A A R T. And (laughs) so you could follow her there. She has some great content. I think anyway, I think your content is great. And, um, and also include in the show notes, some links to, um, the, the workshops. So that's so exciting. I'm, I'm actually, I'm very interested in your goal setting workshop. I think that sounds good. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, yeah, that, thanks for spelling it out. That's so sweet. <laughs> I'm always, I know I'm always in the car and like looking people up, but, you know, on Instagram, it's just at the stoplight. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's um, not, you know, saying Esther Loopstra, you know, not a lot of people maybe see the name Esther and yeah. Loopstra. So yeah, it could be a little bit, um, oh, how is that spelled? So I am so glad that you joined today. Thank you so much for taking the time. It was such a pleasure to connect with you again like this. And um, I'm just looking forward to a next time. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. I just always enjoy talking to you. My pleasure. This concludes another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Have you been struggling with achieving your vibrant health? The most successful women always know when to ask for help. That's what I'm here for. So book a chat with me. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, be well.